Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. My name is Sven Karlin and I am a researcher. I research stocks. And you can see all of my research on my research platform. But in that line, I have started a new research process, which I think is extremely important for me, for my analysis, and that is to look at all the companies of the S&P 500. And I'm happy to share that with you here. If you enjoy this, please smash that like button. And before we start going stock by stock, let's discuss the importance that I see in looking at the S&P 500 the power of the S&P 500. Of course, great performance over time. Those that invested at the bottom in 1982, before I was born, made 40 times their money. Those that invest a little bit later, a little bit less, but still great performance over time. And as they say, stocks just go up, especially in the 2010s. But if you look at this deeper, we must confess that the S&P 500 holds the best businesses in the world. It gives a global investing exposure because 40% of revenues are international. Then these are the largest businesses and businesses that invest the most money. Amazon is investing $60 billion per year in its own business, in its own infrastructure. That is huge money, Facebook 30 billion, other companies, Google 20 billion, they are investing huge amounts of money that can't even be compared with all the other global businesses. Therefore, it's likely that their power, the power of the S&P 500 will remain there. And then also something that is very important. The US is a very favorable legal system for investors. The country has been there for already a few centuries, which we can say for many other countries, no shenanigans going on there compared to emerging markets or something like that. So the S&P 500 is very attractive from that standpoint. So it all depends how much are you going to pay for the given quality, the given business position and the expected returns. Because risk is a function of the price you're paying for something. That's the start of it. So great businesses, let's immediately start with the first one, Apple, of course. The largest business in the whole market cap, 2.5 trillion incredible valuation just 10 years ago. It wasn't in the minds of people that a company will pass the trillion mark, not 2.5 trillion, but 2.5 trillion. And they made $95 million last 12 months. And there has been a slowdown from the previous fiscal year. Not a big slowdown, but 5 billion less in net income. And I think that Apple's valuation is based on the last two years, on the great pandemic years here where they made almost 100 billion. But if you look at more average years, they were making 50 billion. And if next year, 2023, 2024, are not in line with pandemic spending on gadgets, on phones, on that, 
I see Apple as an extremely risky stock because if we go to Seeking Alpha and if you want a big discount on Seeking Alpha Premium for the year, click in the link in the description below. But with these big companies, it's always good to watch what analysts have to say. So we have the earnings and the earnings estimates. And if I look at where Apple is now per share, you see a small decline over the last trailing months, a small decline expected in 2023. But from then onwards, everyone expects just continuous growth for Apple. This is the linearity of Wall Street. However, I feel that the dip here or somewhere here, give it a recession, give it something, will be much bigger than the growth that bullish Wall Street is always expecting. It might happen, it might not happen, but too much risk for me for such a valuation of above 25. So I think that this market cap is too risky of 2.5 trillion. This was really the pandemic boom. And I think that fair value for Apple should be somewhere here in the middle, thus around 50% down, a P ratio of 15, and that's it. But of course, Apple is one of the best businesses out there. Everyone wants it. Everyone investing in index funds gets most exposure to it. But therefore, that makes it too risky for me. Next company, Microsoft. Two trillion market cap. The company did great over the last 10 years. I am a customer. This is a PowerPoint presentation. But again, a P ratio above 30, minimalistic dividend yield. There are some buybacks likely. But what has to happen to justify the 30 PE ratio? The revenue growth already has been slowing down, has slowed down after the pandemic boom. And look at what happened over the last five years. Revenues have doubled from 91 billion to 200 billion. That's a huge double. To justify this, what has to happen? That is the question we need to pose ourselves. So to justify a P ratio of 30, it means that the company has to double again its revenues in the next five, seven years and then continue growing or slowly growing. And that is, again, too much exuberance in my eyes. Yes, it's a great business. Most of us are customers. But at the P ratio of 32, if there is a slowdown, like it was the case in 2012, everyone hated Microsoft. And those cycles happen in all businesses, Apple, Microsoft, then it will be ugly, very ugly if we start from a valuation of 32. Next company, Amazon. We have discussed it a little bit here on uh, YouTube already in a few videos and most of your comments were related to Amazon Web Services, how not the retail part, but this is the key value segment of Amazon and how that will make it extremely valuable over time. And then I looked a little bit, okay, net sales for that are $80 billion for Amazon Web Services. Operating income is very good, 25% operating income margin there, but they are investing a lot of money there. So we have to see 
without the operating income, what is the real return on the 60 billion they are spending per year into new products, infrastructure and everything. And I looked a little bit deeper into web services. It's really something special. They have 237 services, which is something crazy. And yes, they are growing, but the pie, the part compared to the rest of e-commerce is still a little bit small. So when it comes to the risk and reward of investing, because that's what's important when it comes to investing, 500 billion at 5% profit margin in revenues, let's say that Amazon without the crazy investments in everything would make 25 billion in pure free cash flow that they could pay, let's say a dividend. But as they are investing, let's assume again that they will double in five years. That's 50 billion of profits, potential profits. Maybe they'll never make profits because it's not their goal. But that's still a P ratio of 20 if after year seven or five, the growth eventually, as you grow, eventually you have to slow down. Because as you gain more and more in the market, it's natural that the growth slows down. So I'm categorizing Amazon as a volatility play. What does this mean? At some point in time, the e-commerce business will make 5% net profit margin because they decide to one year invest less, uh, make it more profitable or whatever. At that point in time, when they push for the cash flow profitability, look how much money we made. That's the time to sell Amazon because of there is so much competition. After all, it's still a retailer. So those margins will likely go from one to five all the time, like a ping pong ball. And uh, therefore, when it looks really good, sell it. When it looks uglier like this, buy it and then for whatever reason, if it goes lower to 600 million, buy it again. And then when it rebounds, you sell the first one. When it gets crazy again, you sell the second buy and you own Amazon in your portfolio and you can, I think, easily make money on it. It won't get much cheaper because they are still investing 60 billion per year in 10 years that's 600 billion that should given the infrastructure they are building give value at some point it bottoms of course you can't know when it will bottom but will it go bankrupt unlikely therefore you can play on the volatility there the cheaper the better now call me crazy but call me an idiot, whatever you want. But Nvidia is the most expensive, the most crazy, the most overvalued business likely in the S&P 500. Surely in the top 10, but the most overvalued I have seen in a very, 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 very long time. And trust me, I've seen my share of businesses in the last 20 years. And I can immediately tell you this, what happened from November 2021 till October 2022, what's most likely going to happen again for all those shareholders owning NVIDIA. NVIDIA has a market cap of 666 billion, price earnings ratio of 154 and a dividend yield of uh, 
not 5.9%, 0 0.059%. And 666 billion, keep in mind that number. Let's go to revenues. They have been flat for the last two, three quarters, even declining a little bit. But if I sum things up, revenues are, what is it, 25 billion. So the price to sales, not the P ratio, that I said PE ratio for Apple and Microsoft are high. The price to sales ratio is above 25, which is insane. And let me just tell you what has to happen for NVIDIA to justify the valuation. Yeah, they are profitable, all well, returned even 1 billion to shareholders, 1 billion out of 666 billion, great job and they yes are playing on the omniverse avatars uh, accelerated computing platform how this will again change the world and the market will be a one trillion opportunity and nvidia will have a big share of that in automotive chip systems enterprise software omniverse gaming everything they will be there grow a lot and make a lot of money but how much do they need to make money now in order to justify the valuation so what needs to happen to justify this price 26 million revenue now net profit margin average let's say 20 over good and bad times to justify a 600 billion valuation p ratio of 10 on current market cap in seven years that means that Nvidia needs to 10x revenues to make profits of 52 billion by 2030 at least. They need their profit to be 2x the current revenues. Maybe it will happen, very unlikely. So I expect this to happen sooner or later for Nvidia. Call me crazy, call me an idiot. Let me know in five years. Extremely risky to even have a cent in this. If you have, have fun and enjoy. All right, next business, Google. And here comes the most important things when uh, and why I have this demo portfolios on YouTube and on my research platform. We have discussed Google. I bought it for the YouTube portfolio, said it's a better business than Amazon, analyzed what is expected there and I wanted to also add it as a covered stock or as a diversified play on my diversified demo portfolios for ideas, strategy, fun, and education on my research platform. But when it came to pull the trigger, because there I manage a 20, 15, 20, 30 position portfolio for ideas, but I need to manage that risk and reward. The goal is still to make it 10% and more for those that need diversification. And when it came to pull the trigger, I said, when you need to pull the trigger, it was simply, no, this is too risky and not certain that it will lead to a 10% return down the road. And therefore I didn't buy it. I even removed it from the covered stocks list. And I said, not yet. We'll keep watching it, but not in a portfolio way. And that is why, because if you look at the analysts, yes, earnings are down a little bit, but everyone expects just things to continue to boom over time. But this is a significant decline. And uh, 
it all depends on the growth ahead. So this is our little template for valuation and I've put the current earnings inside and then it depends all on the growth rate and on the terminal multiple here. So if I put here, you have the growth rate. If I put the growth rate, yes, of 10% per year for the next 10 years and the P ratio of 25, then yes, the stock is fairly valued. But if I change the growth rates to, let's say a recession and put 7%, and then let's say the, the market goes down to historical norms for valuations and we put 15 there, then there is a 50% decline possible for Google. So yes, with exuberant growth rates, everything can happen. With slower growth rates, there is risk. Of course, everything depends on the growth, but that's exactly the point here. Value investing doesn't like to depend on growth. Value investing wants the growth for free. So we'll just keep on waiting something of the basket will fall into buying range and then you buy. When and if, you never know, Google reaches 50, I'm sure plenty of you will let me know. If it doesn't reach, well, I have other 50 businesses that I just need one to reach something, to buy something in a year. But for now, not even in the diversified portfolio because something in my gut said, Sven, wait a little bit, that's it. All right, next company, Berkshire, that is very easy. So if we actually go to my stock market research platform, you can read here what I do, but you go to the curriculum and uh, there are some things that are for free preview. Berkshire is one covered for free preview, Intel too. And I'll put here the S&P 500 stock by stock for free preview for a while. I'm doing the Italian stock market, some very interesting businesses. So. I'll remove the free preview likely next week. So if you want to check it before that is removed, do it before next week. But with Berkshire, I've just updated on the earnings and the earnings were 31 billion. If I add the hidden, you can read all of that. They make, let's say in a good year, 40, 39, 36 billion in value with the market cap. The P ratio is around 18. Historically, Burke's P ratio goes from 10 to 20. Insurer buy it when the P ratio on average earnings is 10, not 20. Too risky. Now return 5 to 7% long term. Not bad, but not for me. And now, oh boy, next company, Tesla. They are still in a super status growth phase. They still expect to grow 50% per year year by year, which is something staggering. They have delivered in the last quarters on that growth. And if they continue to grow 50% per year forever, yes, they will own the moon and also Mars. Arc's expected value for Tesla is uh, divide this by three and you get to, what is this, 1,500 something. and. Their plan is that by 2026, most of the revenues will come from robot taxis and the profits and everything. And electric vehicles will make less and less of the business. There will be insurance and everything. So that's the plan for Tesla. But to justify again the current valuation and have a P ratio of 10 down the road, which is the minimal I expect from growth stocks, 
They need to reach 600 billion in revenue in five years. Of course, if they continue at 50%, they will reach that. But if their growth falls to 20, which would still be a staggering feature, then 200 billion in revenues, 20 billion in profits, P ratio would then, let's say, be only 30. And if that happens, we are still at 600 billion and you don't make money from Tesla. So that's just too risky for me. And even this 20%, I wish them well, but again, too risky for value investing. Next business, Facebook. I told you four months ago when the stock price was 99 that it is too cheap, that it's a better and better buy. When the valuation was, what was it, P ratio of 10, nothing changed with Facebook. Now the P ratio is 25. When there is a P ratio of 10, you are getting the metaverse and all the potential for free, which is value investing. At a P ratio of 25, you are betting on future growth. The platforms are not growing anymore. So that should be cash flow cows. And therefore, it's a bet on growth, not the value investment it was just a few months ago. That's how crazy the market is. The next one, United Health. Very interesting, very stable business. You're looking for recession-proof businesses. This should be a recession-proof, the best P ratio till now, I think, that we have seen. And they still expect extreme growth in earnings per share ahead. They have a very stable business, very, very stable operating margins, closing even above 8% over the last years. So stable. The only risk, but keep in mind, I don't understand the US healthcare system and I'm even not interested. So I won't dig deep into, but the average P ratio over the last 10 years was 17. Now it's 22, which is okay. It could go down 10, 20%. But as I said, I don't understand the healthcare system and whether they will manage to keep that profitability and stability they have had. Check if there are political risks, if the system can change, if their high profitability can be looked at from the government, oh, you're making too much money on healthcare or something like that, because the stability of the system and the growth there is staggering, really something. But the key question there is, who knows the healthcare business perfectly well? Warren Buffett. Why doesn't he buy the company? Maybe he owns. If we look at Warren Buffett, he sold the last shares in 2010. So there must be some risk there. He started building up in 2006 and continued to invest in 2008. Since then, they sold everything. So there must be some risks there because if not, he would have just kept his business. So there are some insurer risks, etc. because he started buying early and then sold even at lower prices. Very interesting. And that's something that I would watch if I would be a United Healthcare investor. All right, Exxon, another very overvalued stock because I don't get it. When oil prices are low and stocks are cheap, nobody wants to touch oil. We are all going to fly electrical. And uh, when oil prices are high, 
everyone wants these companies. You buy oil stocks when oil is cheap, you sell when oil is high. That's how it works. But most people like to do the opposite. Well, that's great for us. Yes, they are printing cash. They are really printing, minting cash more than the Fed almost. But look at the estimates from Wall Street. Okay, a little bit low from lower from the peak, but stable, stable forever. But look at the past. If this is stable, okay, I don't know. But in a bad year, they make absolutely no money. So they make a few billion, not 60 billion like they, they did here. So call me crazy, but I'll look at oil stocks when there are no profits. Like I told you, buy oil stocks at historical lows in October of 2020. So to sum up, Apple pricey, Microsoft pricey, Amazon pricey, Nvidia crazy, 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 Google pricey, Berkshire pricey, Tesla pricey, Facebook pricey, pricey to fair, nuts pricey, ExxonMobil. But to conclude on the S&P 500, these 10 companies make a crazy 28% of the S&P 500. So if you invest your money, 30% of the money there is crazily overpriced. So uh, very expensive to invest in the index now. But we've done our 10, about 496 to go, and I'm sure I'll find something. Keep watching if you're interested, subscribe, check my research platform if you want the detailed analysis that I really, really like. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you and I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.